Welcome to Southern Crimes, where we look at the cases that intrigue and mystify us. This podcast discusses serious crimes that include triggers. It is meant for those 18 years and older. Listener discretion is advised. Please consider a donation through listener support to help us keep things going. Would you like to join the discussion or suggest a case? Leave a comment below or send us an email at Southern crime one the number one at gmail.com so on the night of july 22nd 2015 a 911 call comes into broken arrow oklahoma's 911 center July 22nd, 2015 11 and hours 30 minutes and 25 seconds p.m. made by 12-year-old Daniel Bever, who in the 911 call stated that his brother was attacking the family. Screaming, commotion, and a male voice were heard in the background before the line went dead. Dispatchers tracked the address by searching the number. They then called to, tried to call David Bever, the father. After that failed, they dispatched officers to the scene. When the first responding officers arrived, they found blood around the porch of the house. They knocked on the door, heard a faint voice calling for help, and forced their way into the house. They immediately found 13-year-old Crystal Bever bleeding from multiple stab wounds. They pulled her out of the home and then searched the house where they discovered Daniel Bever and the rest of the victims who were all dead. It was believed that one of the brothers responsible for the killings lured out his victims by pretending he was under attack. Crystal Bever's 
survived the brutal killings performed by her brothers, but was critically injured from her wounds. She identified the two brothers as the assailants, saying that they lured her to the bedroom before slitting her throat and stabbing her in the stomach and arms. She underwent surgery at a nearby hospital. The girl was initially reported to be the 911 caller. It was later confirmed that it was Daniel. A two-year-old girl, Autumn Bever, was also found alive and unharmed inside the house. The surviving children were put in state custody. The parents, as well as three children, were all stabbed to death. Knives, hatchets, and other bladed weapons were found at the scene, along with protective gear. Law enforcement officials said at least some of the weapons found were used in the killings. There were five victims. There was over 100 stab wounds between the five victims. David Bever, the father, was 52 years old. He was killed by at least 28 stab wounds to the torso, face, neck, left arm, and hand. April Bever, 42, was the mother. She was killed by blunt force trauma and more than 48 wounds to the head, neck, torso, arms, and hands. Daniel Bever, age 12, he was killed with 21 stab wounds to the back, shoulder, and chest. You hear his attack beginning in the 911 call. Victoria Bever, five years old, was killed by 23 stab wounds to both sides of the neck, her chest, back, and upper arm. Christopher Bever, age seven, 21 stab wounds to the back, chest, shoulder, and lower leg. Crystal Bever had a slit throat and stab wounds to the stomach and arms. She was 13. So why did they do it? You know, it's the age-old question, but why? There were some clues that came out. Neighbors said that the parents homeschooled their children and the children were not allowed to play with other children or have any interaction with neighbors, anything like that. Parents kept a very close eye on them. Neighbors said that they did not even know the full names of the family until the medical examiner released them. Neighbors also said that they had noticed strange behaviors from Robert and Michael Bever. Defense attorneys, and this was corroborated by Crystal Bever, stated that David, the father, was physically and verbally abusive towards his children, abusive to the point that he would sometimes throw children against the wall. April Bever was not violent, but she was very verbally abusive. Robert Bever claimed that both of his parents were hateful and abusive to him and all of his siblings. He said his parents would often talk about people they hated and refer to the biblical apocalypse as a retribution thing for everything they hated about the world. Robert Bever, the 18-year-old, confessed to committing the, the murders. He claimed that he and his brother planned the act for some time and intended to commit a shooting spree outside of the family. 
hoping it would rival and even outdo the 1999 Columbine High School massacre. He later confessed that he and his brother planned to dismember the bodies of their family, place them in storage bins, and hide them in the attic of their home. He also stated that they planned to steal the family car, shoot and kill five random people, each at multiple locations, and eventually achieve a body count of at least 50 people. One officer who interviewed Robert stated that that he admired serial killers and hoped to strike in locations outside of Oklahoma and wanted to achieve a body count of at least 500 people or more. After the murders, the two suspects fled the scene through a back door of the house when they heard police arrive and headed into the woods behind the property. They were apprehended quickly with the use of a canine unit. In the pictures of Michael, you can see where his shirt is all torn apart, and it was reported that he had been bit by the the canine. They were arrested without incident. The suspects were identified as 18-year-old Robert Bever, the oldest son, and 16-year-old Michael Bever, who was second oldest. Robert Bever was armed with a knife at the time of his arrest. One of the brothers spontaneously uttered that plans for the killing were stored on a flash drive inside the home. The flash drive was later retrieved by police when they searched the home for a second time. They also recovered computer equipment and video surveillance cameras, which they believe recorded the murders as they were located near where three of the victims' bodies were found. It was later determined that the brothers planned to make two videos, one depicting the bodies of their families that would be shown to investigators and prosecutors later on, the other without the bodies that could be posted online. Authorities have called the killings the worst single criminal event in Broken Arrow history. The brothers were charged with five counts of first-degree murder and one count of assault and battery with intent to kill. On July 25th, just a couple days later after it happened, authorities announced that Michael Bever would be charged as an adult. In Oklahoma, a conviction, a first-degree murder, carries the punishment of life or the death penalty. However, because he was 16 at the time of the murders, he would be exempt from a death sentence. The attorneys argued against the constitutionality of the decision to try Bever as an adult, stating that his client would die in prison and that is the same as a death sentence. He also tried to argue that Bever should be rehabilitated instead of imprisoned if he was physically and emotionally abused at home. Investigators were also looking into a shipment of boxes containing a total of 3,000 rounds of ammunition that was believed to have been delivered on July 23rd. They also began investigating social media accounts belonging to Robert Bever. On July 6, 2016, it was reported that Robert Bever had attempted suicide by hanging with a bedsheet. A detention officer discovered him during a routine safety check. Medical staff cut him down and checked him, determining he was uninjured. He was then moved to suicide watch. In mid-February 2017, Broken Arrows City Council announced a plan to raise money through the Tulsa Community Foundation 
to buy the Bever family home. They hoped that enough money could be raised to purchase the house from the Bever's mortgage holder and then to tear the house down and in its place create a memorial park and garden titled the Bever Family First Responders Memorial Park. The house was, interestingly enough, destroyed by fire about a month after that. On March 27, 2019, two years after the fire, Reflection Park was dedicated in an official ceremony. A path meanders through a knoll of grass where the Bever family house once stood. The brothers were first arraigned in court on August 3rd. They both pled not guilty to the charges. Robert Bever eventually pled guilty to all counts and was sentenced to life imprisonment without the possibility of parole. Michael Bever's trial began on April 16, 2018, and on August 9, 2018, he was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility or with the possibility of parole. Robert is currently in the Joseph Harp Correctional Center, and Michael is in the Lexington Correctional Center. So, what makes this happen? You know, I do. I'm going to play some of the interview from Michael, and it's it's kind of terrifying because he speaks so matter of fact, matter of fact about it. Here we go. eBay uh, user was. No. Okay. I just didn't know if you'd ever been on eBay and shopped or anything. Uh, well, I, I used to a long time ago, and now like, you know, not stuff. Yeah. But, so then, uh, so, so he was buying weapons because you guys had talked about murdering. Yeah, and he started planning it. Okay. And I went along with it because I see the other way. I thought I didn't want to do it. I thought I quickly moved tonight, and I didn't. Okay. That you didn't want to do it? I don't want to do it. I didn't um, just because I didn't kill anyone. Okay. I stabbed someone. Who did you stab? Um, my younger brother, Christopher. Christopher? How old is Christopher? Um, nine, I think. What did you stab him with? Um, my knife. What's your knife look like? It's green. Um, I like camouflage on it. Um, were your hand guns or where the blade is? It's camouflage. Yeah, it's all camouflage. Oh, whole thing. Yeah. How big is it? Show me how big it is. I think it's about this big. Okay. What so what was, what was Christopher doing when he stabbed He was laying on the bathroom floor. Robert was also stabbing and Robert asked him to go over and help him. So I stabbed Christopher and then... Where did you stab him? Oh, side of the neck. Really? Okay. You okay? Yeah. You okay? Let me know if you need a break or anything, okay? Um. So, was Christopher still alive when you stabbed him? Yes. What was he saying and doing? He was just screaming. Was, did you say he was in the bathroom? Yeah, he was next to the toilet. Um, that bathroom. Who else was in the bathroom? I think, I think Victoria might have been in there. About Victoria? Yeah, my um, four-year-old sister. Four-year-old, okay. Um, I want to talk about that more, but... Uh, we got to try to kind of stay like chronologically, if you know what I mean. Um, so let's go back real quick. Um, we talked about the ammunition being delivered, uh, making plans. Tell me more about making plans and what you guys talked about. Making plans, we all plotted every night 
and I started realizing we were actually going to do this on the second night. And so I started getting ready. When was that? The second night? What do you mean? July 1st. Okay. Because we started June 30th. That's when you started making the plan? Yeah, that's when we found out you could buy guns legally. I see. Did you guys draw, make drawings, or write things down? Or? I think he had the journal. He basically writing his ideas down. I think it's under his bed. Under his bed? Is it like a. Like, like, like a journal, like a notepad, or like yeah, a book. It's like a it's like a point book, okay. a black book. I think it's like a little case. Just so you think he wrote stuff in there? Yeah, like he's planning it. Huh. Um. So then the second day, you said that's when you realized that it might actually happen. Yeah. What made you realize that? Um. How serious he was. I mean, he was going through. He started. Um, he started planning on taking all of his money out of his. Uh, and throwing away stuff, throwing away all this stuff. So you know. Why did he want to do it? Do that kill people. Yeah. Um. Well, mainly two reasons. I think it's um because he just like he says he hates everyone. He thinks society is pointless, and so he wanted to kill people. Yeah, and also he wanted to like beat, um, beat the kill, like amount of other famous. People like Columbine and uh, James Egan Holmes. Okay. Did you kind of feel that way too? Like when you guys were talking earlier, like, yeah. It, like, do you have a problem with society too, do you think? No, I just. Or you were just more like the the number of people getting killed was kind of interesting and yeah, exciting. Yeah. Okay. So, because um, you mentioned a couple names of, are those like serial killers or something? What, like Columbine? Yeah. I would call him that in James Egan Holmes. James Egan Holmes is a guy that shot at the theater. In Colorado? Yeah, he killed 12. And, uh, wow. How many were killed in Columbine? Columbine? I don't know, like 15. Okay. I think. Um, so did you guys have a goal? Did you have a number? He just wanted, I think he wanted to kill like 50. Okay. I don't have a goal. So how, okay, so as the planning goes, tell me, so tell me what what plans you started making and coming up with. Well, originally, I think kind of stayed steady uh, throughout the month. Is so we wanted to kill everyone at the house first. Okay. And then wait for all the packages to show up over the weekend. Um, then we would take the Yukon and we'd have our state with the guns and that. So. Okay. So rampaging. Did you know where you were going to drive to? Oh, uh, towards Washington. Washington State or DC? Washington State. Why would you go to Washington State? It's kind of good. Yeah, it's kind of the And you said Yukon. Do your parents have like a Yukon? Is that what it is? Yeah, that's what I would Yukon Excel. Does Robert have a driver's license? He has a one Okay. So he would be able to drive it. Can you drive if you, I mean, if you had to? No, I Well, you can play video games, really. You can drive a car. Just not very well. I mean, you could get it from point A to B. You might hit some things on the way. But. Um, so you had a plan, so then, so what happened after, I mean, tell me some more. Well, I think everything started falling in place. Yeah, Clay X right there. There we go. Cool. I'm going to turn your finger, I don't know. Yeah. But, um, back a week before is when I fell in, started throwing away useless stuff. Okay. And so did he. Did you guys like give things away to friends or anything like that? Or just... 
I'm sure a lot of it's still in the barrels and big much. In the barrel? Yeah. What kind of stuff did you throw away? Random stuff, toys, and stuff that was just piled up in my closet and I needed to move to put them up in the Oh, I see. Old shoes, clothes. Did you have, how long have you had the body armor? The body armor? Well, I've had this guy since the start of the video, and we've been buying it. Well, he's been buying it. Um, was, it was it shit to the house? Yeah. Do your parents know? I mean, did they know? Sure. They knew he had a little confess. They always thought that it was a little loud, but they yeah. didn't say anything about it. Did he have anything else like the, the gear that guys wear, helmets or goggles or gloves? He had a soft couple of vest, a heavy, um, I don't know, it's like a metal plated vest. Okay. A little theater, a little theater. He had a, a helmet, bulletproof helmet, a bulletproof DEA mask, and a lot of lingos. Wow. Also, like a like knife proof arm thing. Yeah. Wow. A knife and a you know, ball of lava. Okay. So, yeah, it's nice. And then your the body armor that you had, what was it like? It was almost identical. Okay. Just a couple of different different models and stuff. And where is your body armor now? All my vests and my helmets. It was laying in the woods. The dog pulled it off of me. Oh, I was wearing it. Oh, you were wearing it. Yeah, I was wearing this uh, vest and plate kind of deal. Okay. So they took that, and the rest of my body armor was still in the closet. Okay. So then, kind of what happened is, I mean, you guys started getting all that stuff together and. Yeah. And throwing things away. And yeah, and we do with the whole packages and the holsters, outlines, all that stuff. It's going to get healthy on so. And so we set a date. So was the plan um, to use the knives at first on yeah. the family? Because the guns weren't going to be here until later on. Yeah, and the guns would be too loud. Oh, I see. So um, I'm going to use the knives on the family, which obviously mm -hmm. did not go as planned. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. Um, oh, I just sold the red swords by right half. Like we didn't put one for that. Yeah. Did um. So then you picked a date. You said. Yeah, which was yesterday. Yesterday night was the date. So did you pick a time and everything. Yep. Yeah, midnight. When we said we said we went to bed and set them on. So how did you guys know? He just came and got you, or you got him, or what? We were we were hanging out in the office, good waiting. Okay. So, How did you pick the date? Um, they involved again with the packages and stuff we have. Because you know all the ammunition, he didn't want them to see that. So we killed him the day before the ammunition we got held the day after we moved. Do you guys um do you guys not like your mom and dad? I mean, is there are they I mean I'm, most teenagers don't like their parents, so I can understand that. Yeah, I mean mom's okay with that was a little bit, you know, just a little bit too much. So you guys wait in the room, mm -hmm. and was it right when midnight, and that's when things started? Right at midnight, um, my sister, uh, she came in because she was going to go to bed. She came in to tell us. Uh, I was thirteen. Okay. She came in to tell us that mom wanted us to get the kitchen done before we went to bed and put the cats up. And basically, we did what we planned. I did. I, uh, I got to my desk and this like had to look at something to this guy to roll up or went up behind her grabbed her and slipped with you really what did he use um this large red knife okay a large red knife yeah it's like my own is it it's like mine and right oh i see um and then she followed the glass screaming mom and dad now mom came in first and then 
Is your room upstairs or something? I don't know. Our room is downstairs. It's towards the back. Okay. And so she fell down and started screaming. Yeah, one of them kept stabbing her. I kind of freaked out because, you know, mm -hmm. I wasn't funny. Were you saying anything? Or, I mean, I just stood there. Okay. And then Mom came in yelling, called the police. And then he went over and stabbed her. Then he stabbed her? Yeah, he probably stabbed her, pushed her, you know, put her down the hallway. Okay. She ran out the door. When now, okay, so she sat down at your desk and he slid her through. Well, said. she was standing at my desk and oh, came up behind and slid her through and she fell down screaming. And then he stabbed her some more? When he was stabbing her some more, was it, where was he stabbing her? Her neck. Oh, her neck. Her neck. Okay. So, okay. And, um, and then my mom came in and she started yelling, call the police, get dad. And then he came up and started attacking her. And actually got up and ran out the field too. Wow. And um, when his mom was on the ground, he got up and started chasing after her. And what were you doing? Standing Did you come room. out in the hallway? No, I was just standing in the room and the process on what I was doing. So he stabbed your mom with the same knife? Yeah, And where did he stab her? I think in the neck too. Okay. And, um, and no, actually he stabbed her in the neck, pushed her into the kitchen and then stabbed her. So with her, she started screaming and ran into the family room. At the same time, he probably Ten left the house. Okay. I ran over and disabled the alarm. Okay. That's what I did. I didn't Where's the, the pad for your alarm? It's not the front door. It's what? It's now the front door. Near the front door? Yeah. And, um, so I ran over and disabled the alarm. So, then, you know. But has she already gone outside? She ran outside and then went after her. So where where did she? Um... So she she was laying in the driveway and he took over her back. Um, you know, the bench, you know, you know I'm starting choking home. Like on the bench? Out yeah, front? Yeah, I was like a little bitch, and he's good bitch on the And when I'm back inside to go after the little kids. Did he bring her in, or did she stay out there? She stayed out there until he asked me to be in her and I ran out. I had to go inside. That's why she's in the, um, in the entryway. I had to go inside. So she brought her back in. Yeah, she's, she's still, still alive. Yeah, she was still screaming. And then that's about the time Dad came down. Okay. Because his business was upstairs. And he went back in the police area where Robert was. The police area, that's what they call it, on um, our room. Um, and they started attacking there. They got a little bit of a fight. Um, but then eventually, Robert got him down. And um, I think he killed him. Did he cut his throat too? Um, where did that happen? In our room. In your room? Yep. And uh, where were you? I was standing in the hallway. Okay. So did you see him cut your dad's throat? Yeah. Did he stab him other places too? I don't know. I think he just went for the field. And um, And where was she was in the entryway? Yeah, she was in, I think she was in the entryway at that time. And then um and then he went and and uh Daniel was in uh his room, which is you know, down the hall. And I was oh, like, how was, how was Daniel? I was um I think it's 12. Okay. And um, I was like, let me in, and he let me in. He was sitting there on the phone with the police. I grabbed the phone, which is my phone, and my phone. And then I went into the kitchen and I smashed the underground. So yeah, which was your phone? Yeah, it was my phone. Uh, and you don't have a cell phone anymore. No, I don't. And then I went back down. And he, um, and Daniel and Christopher, Christopher locked himself in the bathroom. Daniel locked himself in dad's office. Okay. 
And then I find uh, both of them to open the door um, because they thought I wanted in there. Just but they were in different rooms? Yeah, the guy next to each other. Right? Oh, I see. And then um, Robert went in and stabbed him with a went in and uh, stabbed Christopher. That's when, that's when I stabbed Christopher. So when he stabbed Daniel, where did he stab him? I think he um, shanked him in the neck and then Daniel ran off. And so he went in and started attacking Christopher. So Daniel got stabbed in the neck and ran off? Yeah. Where did you run to? He ran into the family room about mom. Mom ended up, she was lying on the ground yelling, call 911. Okay. And he stopped in there? Yeah, he lay, he collapsed in there, and then Margo came in and started stabbing him in the chest. Oh, I see. Um, then, and then, who's the youngest, the four year old? The four year old? I don't know what happened to the four I hope she's alive. I'm I, sorry, I, I, I missed that. The, the one that you stabbed, who, who was that? Christopher. Christopher. He's eight. And he was in the bathroom. Yep. So Daniel had got stabbed in the neck, ran out mm -hmm. to where your mom was. Yeah. Robert did. followed him, stabbed him some more. Yeah, after after we uh, stabbed Christopher in the bathroom. Oh, I see. Okay. And um and then basically after that Daniel uh, was pretty much dead. We forgot about all who was dead? Everyone, I think. Okay. It looks like they were dead except for she was lying in the interview screening, and that was a knock at the door. Okay. Someone knocked at the door. I think that might be the neighbor because my husband had been there yet. And they just kept knocking on the door. So we turned around, I grabbed on, uh, put my soft vest and heavy vest on. I was carrying the plates, I put my helmet on. And then we went, we went up the back door of Daryl's office, climbed over the fence, went down into the park, and started coming through the woods. Okay. Oh, well, we both collapsed. And we saw us being just sitting there. And they found us. That's how you got kind of dirty and stuff, dirty on you. So you guys collapsed. Or were you just kind of hiding out? Yeah, we were just laying in a little ditch thing in the woods. And then we saw the light really down. And um, the dog came oh, over. Um, did you hear the dog coming? Mm -hmm. I heard them coming. I saw them coming in. And then they started yelling, put your hands up. Mm -hmm. And I stepped on my head and handcuffed me. Okay. Um, Can you? Kind of okay. I'm a little bit lost. I think because there's too many people in this house. Um, there's you. There's Robert. Okay, you're 16. He's 18. Then who's next? Yeah, she's the third oldest. She was the first one. Okay. And then Daniel. And then Christopher. Then Christopher. And then Victoria. Victoria. She's four. Yeah, Victoria's four. Okay. And what's mom's name? April. April? April, that um, unmarried baby name, if you can call it, is Sharp. Sharp? Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. And Victoria's four. Mm -hmm. And then what's dad's name? Uh, David. David? Okay. David. And then, are there any other kids? How many kids is that? Um, That's... Then there's, she's a baby, she's about to turn to toddler. She was up in her bed. Okay. I think that was pretty, he forgot about her, and I think she stayed asleep until the police came. Okay. I saw them give her out, so she's okay. Was, uh... So you saw them carrying her out? Yeah, yeah, I was in the car. Was it the plan was to kill her too, though? We just want that lucky one. Okay. Yeah. So when y'all got done at the house, where were you going to go? Um, we were going to hang out there for at least the day. We were going to get out like, to get bodies in a room. Or something in the attic. 
clean up and then wait for the ammunition to pick up the guns and they better go leave the next day. Where were, where were we going to go? I mean, where was your going to be your mass plan to get the um, most people, the most bang for your buck? We're just heading uh, generally towards Washington State. We're going to do it statewide. Did you guys have like, like where are you going to go? I mean, who else were you going to kill? Just whoever you ran into? Yeah, pretty much. We, we said five at a time, like gas stations, restaurants. Okay, and then just keep going. Did um, how, did he have some money saved up or something? Yeah, he had about four hundred and eighty after buying all the ongoing weapons. Plus, I'm still out of that. Yeah, plus a hundred I had. Okay. So. so we talked a lot about your plan. So that is part of the in interview with Michael Beber, um, the sixteen-year-old. I have always been amazed at how matter-of-fact and calm he is describing everything like he was talking about a family picnic that they went on, which has always led me to wonder, could he be re rehabilitated? Was he just broken from the situation that he had been in and not being around other families to see that, you know, what he lived was not normal. Um, like, I think a lot of abused children see when they're, you know, not in a position where they can't interact with anybody. You know, there's no school, there's no neighbors, there's no other kids to play with, there's no family. So it is only what they have in their home and what they are seeing and what their parents are saying, this is the way things are. And growing up that way, I do wonder if rehabilitation would have been the right answer for him. Maybe time will, will tell that he um, does have some improvement. Like I said, he got life with the possibility of parole. So maybe one day in the future, he will be safe for society to let him out. His brother, Robert, will not get out of jail. Um, if you watch the video that I'm going to put up on YouTube that goes with this, it will include drawings that Michael made. They're from his jailhouse journal. They are childlike drawings that you would expect the, the style of them to be a preschooler or kindergartner, maybe a first grader, maybe. They're just so, they're stick figures and really bad writing and, you know, just a couple of words. And they really, if you think of the drawings that that your children made when, if you have children, when they were four, five, six years old with the little stick figures and a scene, that is what these look like. Except that they talk about James Holmes, the Aurora, Colorado movie shooter, 
being a hero. And um, Jim Jones being a hero. And tell a story of, you know, one day two brothers hated their family. So then they killed him, basically. Um, I, I hope that they are getting help, or at least the younger one is. Michael is getting help, counseling. You know, he's in jail, so I'm not sure how much of that he's getting. Um, I am curious to know if they did psych testing on either one of them. And, you know, what that showed. It does make me wonder. I do know that that Michael's um, sentence was upheld in, I believe, 2020. So, you know, I guess they had not found anything that great to get him off on. But that is the Bever family and the horrible tragedy that ha happened in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Thank you all. We will see you later. Bye.